0: Hello friends, and welcome to the In the Whisper podcast. I'm your host, Nita Wilkinson, a self-professed joyologist and Bible girl. Join me each week as I talk to a girlfriend about life, joy, and Jesus, where we look to the Bible for all of life's questions. Welcome back to the In the Whisper podcast. I'm your host, Nita Wilkinson, and I am so glad that you have chosen to spend some of your time here with me today. I was at a coffee shop last week with a friend of mine, and we were just talking about the division in the church and the division disparity of the church and and how we've lost some of that love and some of, of the servanthood and humility that Jesus had. I saw a Facebook post or maybe an Instagram post. I don't remember a lady said, if you vote blue, this election, it was before the election. If you vote blue, this election, you are not a child of God. And it stunned me. It actually brought me to tears because clearly that's wrong information, but also that we have taken something that's very secular and tried to relate it to Jesus. I'm pretty sure that Jesus isn't a Republican and that Jesus isn't a Democrat and um how we vote should come from our morals, our integrity, our conscience, but we shouldn't hate other people for having a different viewpoint than we do. And I wonder how we got here. I think that maybe we've overcomplicated everything a little bit when I look at different denominations, you know, they all have different leadership styles. You know, how do they lead their church? What does that look like? It's different. Certainly in today's church, there are society issues that we have to look at that may be looked at different from one denomination to the other. And certainly we can always find our answers in God's word. But at the end of the day, It's all about Jesus. It's not about the hierarchy of my church. It's not about whether we sing old hymns or praise songs. It's not about when we pray during the service. It's not about the worship team. It's not about the social issues that are dividing our nation. It's all about Jesus and it's all about God's word and how that affects us. Certainly when I vote, I am going to scripture and making my decision based on my moral integrity that comes from God's word. I also understand that within humanity, there are gonna be some things that we interpret differently, and I am not gonna hate on someone for that. And I'm not even gonna try to figure it out because it's not my job. I have enough just keeping my own self out of trouble with sin. But today I wanna look at maybe something that can help us simplify this whole ideology, because what church we go to doesn't matter. What we believe about an issue in our society today in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter. And I want to look at Luke 23 and the the two men that were on the cross with Jesus. And I think it will help us see how we can make things easier in our own minds when we look at specifically the man on the cross that stood up for jesus there were two men there on the cross with jesus one on each side of him the first man was just hurling abuse at Jesus. He was taking his energy from the crowd. He was mocking him. He was yelling at him. Aren't you Jesus the the Christ, the Messiah? Save yourself, save us. For him, it was all about getting himself out of that mess and mocking Jesus. But the other man on the cross, the second man, he responded by rebuking the first man. Don't you fear God? Don't you have a heart? And he goes on to talk about you and I, the two men on each side of Jesus, we should be here. We need to be condemned for the sins that we have done. We are suffering justly. We are receiving the punishment that we deserve. But this other man, he doesn't deserve it. I love everything about this. First of all, the second man on the cross, he's owning his crimes. He is confessing and heaping condemnation on himself for the sins that he had. Second, he was appalled at the behavior of the man on the first cross, hurling abuse at Jesus. He was appalled that he had no sympathy for a man who was there completely innocent. I think these things are important as we look at what we need to do to spend eternity with Jesus. The first thing we have to do is accept Jesus as our savior. And as we go on, we will see that he does that the second man. The second thing that we have to do is confess our sins and that we're not worthy. And he does that. He's also, as he talking to Jesus at the end he knows who Jesus is he's accepted him as the Messiah the Christ the Savior and he says remember me when you come into your kingdom today he is finding hope when there is no hope he's in the last hours of his life and there's no hope left but he's finding that hope in nobody in nobody but Jesus I think that is so cool So he's done everything that we need to do to spend eternity with Jesus. And how does Jesus answer him? He says to him, Truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. The man, the second man on the cross is saying, Lord, please take me up. He trusts him. He knows he's there and he puts his hope in him. And that day, he spends his time. He, he gets into eternity with Jesus, which is always our goal. I love the compilation of all of this and how Jesus lived his whole life. He shared his whole life. with Everyone. It didn't matter their culture, their race, their socioeconomic place in their community. He shared his life with them. And now. He's sharing his death, just like it said would happen in Isaiah 53, 12. He would be numbered with the transgressors and that's what he's doing here. Also in Luke twenty-two thirty-seven. 37, but I want you to think about how this, this man and he gets to heaven and I just want to kind of In our humanity, or at least in my humanity, I can't imagine what heaven is gonna be like. I just, I can't even fathom it. So I find it that I I put this in terms of my humanity. So when this second man on the cross gets to paradise, the very day that he's at the end of his life, the end of his rope, what is he gonna find? I have this image in my head that uh, somebody comes up and says hey welcome to heaven what church did you go to and he's gonna say i didn't go to church and perplexed the person that welcomes this man will say well what denomination did you belong to and he said i didn't belong to a denomination and the person Probably is thinking and again, this is in our humanity, probably when we get to heaven we won't care. but in there in humanity, they would say, "Well, what did you do on Earth that was so special?" I didn't do anything good on Earth. I was a murderer, I was a robber. His life probably was not all that great because of where he's ended up. I don't think he had a good life. a strong family unit, all the things we talk about here as on Earth. You didn't, you're a murderer and a robber. What, who did you show love to? What did you do that you are now in paradise with Jesus? And the man says, because the guy in the middle cross invited me. Now, mind you, he's done the things you need to do, the things that you and I need to do to get into heaven. He sees Jesus as the Messiah, as his savior. He recognizes that. Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. He knows that all the mocking about the Messiah is undeserved because he is the Messiah. He has confessed his sin and he has condemned himself and said, I am not worthy. I am getting what I deserve. And he has found his hope in the savior of the world, Jesus Christ. He's done what he needs to do and God didn't give up to him. And isn't that what it's all about? I know that you and I, if we know Jesus, we are called to further his kingdom. We are called to help it grow. We are called to take our passion and our purpose and the talents that God gave us to tell others about eternity, about our God and how great he is about our savior and what he's done for us so that we, and they can spend time in eternity. And we do that every day. This man didn't have that opportunity on earth at that time, although he does have an opportunity through the words that have been put into God's word so that we can tell others about this man who so easily believed in him when he needed him. My friend and I that I was having coffee with the other day, we, we were talking about um, young, some of the younger people in our churches and, and how they struggle with the unfairness of if i'm a christian all my life and i do what i'm supposed to do and i'm and of course none of us are worthy but they are constantly in god's word and they are and they believe in jesus and they are trying to to do the right things and they see that jeffrey dahmer accepted jesus and now he's in heaven and they don't think that's fair but none of it's fair it's not fair for any of us to get in heaven at any time. And this tells us it's never too late. And there's hope in that rather than thinking it's so unfair that someone that accept, accepts Jesus at the end of their life. And in the case of this man, the second man on the cross, literally the last hours of his life, he made this Testament to God about his savior. And he, we know, he was in paradise jesus promised him that so i don't see it as unfair i see it as hope until the last breath of our life the people that we know here on earth the people that are our friends and our family members that we're praying over every day that they will find jesus and reach out to him and say You are my savior. I believe you are my path to heaven. I am asking for forgiveness for my sins. I know that I'm not worthy, but you make me worthy. And I put my hope in you. As long as we have breath in our bodies, there is hope that those friends and those family members can make that confession to Jesus. We see it right here. The second man who was appalled at the behavior of the first man who now who nobly and courageously wiped out the dishonor that was being put upon him, upon Jesus from the man on the first man on the cross, from the crowd, from the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the, the guards. And he turned it into glory in the moment of dying. He turned into redemption because he found his savior. I love this so much. I love that he could see Jesus as the Messiah, that he had so much faith in those last moments. He showed humility in those last hours of his life. And we can take that story out and tell everyone. It's not over until you've had your last breath. I have a friend whose dad feels like his life is not worthy of God. And so he doesn't think he's worthy of God. But friends, can I just tell you, none of us are worthy of God. When we sin, we separated ourselves from him. When Adam and Eve made that poor choice in the garden, They sinned and God can't be around anything but pure holiness. So he had to separate himself from Adam and Eve, from humanity. None of us are worthy, but he sent Jesus because he loves us that much. He still wants us in eternity with him. He still wants us in the garden with him. And we can be there with him for all of eternity. You know, when you have a bad day and it seems like it goes on forever and then maybe you have a bad week or a bad month. And it's like, will this month ever end when we get to eternity with our father, it will never end and there will be no more tears and there will be no more pain. There will be rest and there will be peace and there will be comfort and there will be Jesus right there with us. We have a choice in how we choose to live our lives here on earth. We have a choice when we're in a bad situation of how we call on Jesus to help us. The first thief said, get me down off this cross. You can do it. Get me out of this mess, which is all about us. Or we can go with the second man on the cross and say, Lord, please take me up with you. I want to be with you. So when we face that bad day, that bad week, that bad month, that terminal diagnosis, that lost job, we can say, get me out of this mess and not rely on God. Or we can say, take me up, lift me up so that I can overcome this mess, but I can only do it with you. God, help me do this. I hope that when I'm in those times that are down and difficult and challenging, that I'm able to say, Lord, lift me up right now. I need lifted up and rely on him rather than saying, get me down, get me out of this mess and trying to rely on something that's you don't believe is real. The world is always going to be messy and chaotic and challenging. We're not always going to be comfortable here, but it's pretty simple. Love Jesus, walk in his servanthood and humility, accept him as our savior, confess our sin, put our hope in our savior, Jesus. When we do those things, we will be with him in in paradise just like the man on the second cross and all the other noise in the world all the other noise in the church all the other things that try to divide us don't matter what matters is jesus knowing who he is and trying our best to live our lives like he did so that we can reflect the light that he shines so brightly out into this world and then when people see us they say she's different he's different i need to get to know them because i want to know why they're different lead with love my friends lead with jesus Thank you for listening to the In the Whisper podcast. If you want to know more about In the Whisper, you can find us at inthewhisper.org, where you'll find more podcast episodes, the blog, and a plethora of information to encourage you. Until next time, I'm Nita Wilkinson.